Welcome to Tech Talks, your technology podcast for the love of tech that comes every Monday and Thursday with David Savage and Jack Pierce. That's me. On today's show, we are talking to Wagestream CEO and co-founder Peter Briffitt. Wagestream are a company that have been personally invested in by both Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. So it should be interesting to find out why. Bezos. Bezos? Bezos. And then we're having a conversation about eBay, who are taking aim at Amazon with a lawsuit over poaching sellers. That's what's coming up on today's show. We hope you enjoy. Hey, Jack. Hello, David. How are you? Very well. I'm, I'm still trying to get over the fact that you're running a Strictly Come Dancing Fantasy League. I am. Yeah. Well, basically, um, my best mate, or one, one, of our, one of our very close mates who live around the corner from us, uh, he hates it. Um, his wife loves it. I actually secret, well, not secretly actually. It's no secret. I love it. Yeah. Uh, before we started recording, I was humming the theme. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and um, Haley, my wife, loves it. So I thought the only way to get his interest piqued was to add spreadsheets because he's an accountant uh, and add an element of betting. Yeah. So in amongst our friendship group and parents and whatever else, we've mm. created a WhatsApp group. Everyone's paid in a fiver. There are 12 teams and, and the winner takes all. And yeah. I've heavily borrowed from Premier League fantasy on the rule front. Nice. I hope no one's got Anton de Beck. No one had Anton. Yeah, there you go, because he always gets the Muppet, doesn't he? Yeah, I was very sad about Vic leaving this weekend. I, mean, I, I have to be perfectly about. honest. Uh, Vic Hope, who's, the, who's a DJ on Capital, okay. but she, she's a Geordie. Uh, and she seemed lovely. Okay. Whereas Sean Walsh has come across as a complete prick. Well, let me just not, dis- <laughs> not dispel a myth about Sean Walsh, but right. I actually have a story about Sean Walsh. Go on. Um, I was in, it would have been three years ago yes. now, I was in Pub on the Park uh, in Hackney. And it was a cold winter's evening, sort of mid-November. It was dark, it was freezing. I like, I like the, the descriptive... Yes. I'm giving you atmosphere. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, me, and, me and my good friend Joe were just drinking in the pub on a, I think it was Wednesday night or something like that, just having a good old chinwag. Yep. And Sean Walsh and another comedian friend of his, who I can't remember, but if you ever saw Celebability on After Love Island, it was the small bloke from yeah, that. Okay, fine. Anyway, so... I, we started talking to them, lovely blokes. I gave them a joke as well, Dave. I yes. gave them my, my, my own is? joke, which is, do you know what? I really wish I'd had baked beans for breakfast, but I don't have hindsight. If I could add a tumbleweed sound effect. Insert laughter track. Insert laughter <laughs> track. Um, oh, that's awful. Sean, Sean scoffed at the joke, but his yeah. friend wrote it down and took it oh, with him. Dear. But he also, they also ordered a load of food. They didn't want half of it. They gave it to us. He was a nice bloke. Um, yeah. A bit of a love rat now, but you know. We'll, well, we're not here to discuss we it. We shouldn't judge, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I'm, I'm being a bit judgmental. No, but you know, he still did cheat on his missus, which isn't great. It's not even so much that. He just comes across sometimes as. I don't know. Just not, my mum was down at the weekend and she yeah. was watching it with us and she said aside from everything else she just doesn't warm to him. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, more along the lines of technology, we're mm. here to chat about Wagestream. Um, yes. We're very excited that Peter Briffitt has joined us. Uh, fans of the show will know that we spoke about mm. Wagestream. I hope there are some fans. Uh, There's some. There's a couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We spoke about Wagestream about a month and a half ago yeah. because we picked up the article in UKTN when Jesse wrote about the fact that um, Jeff Bezos. Go on. Yep. Uh, and Bill Gates had invested uh, some money in, yep. into them. Yep. I'm, I'm now going to have to leave 
that Bezos Bezos bit in the intro, otherwise that makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. Uh, but it's it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation because on first look at what Wagestream do, we were initially concerned yeah. that it wouldn't promote good financial health. But yeah. if you listen to this interview, I think that it will change your mind. And it's very interesting because they are truly first to market. Um, anyway, so here's the interview with Peter. Stay tuned. We have got some news afterwards. So today we're talking to Peter. Peter, you are founder, co-founder, founder of Wagestream? I think co-founder is the right word. Yeah. Considering there's another one of me. He's far cleverer. It's a CTO. Um, yeah, we, I've, I, we, I'm a co-founder and CEO and Wage, of Wagestream, yeah. Of Wagestream. And Wagestream are a company that we became familiar with because of an article that we, we read in UK Technology News recently about some funding that you'd um, successfully... You did. Forced our hand for a chat, you no know, less. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we, no it's, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you you, you picked us up. But yeah, we have just received some funding. But the business, the principle of the business is very, very simple. We just allow any worker, whether they're salaried or hourly paid, to have access to their earned income. So let, let's assume that people haven't heard of Wagestream yet. Yeah, that is true in many cases. What do you do in a very basic... I know you said there a little bit about what you do, but if, you, if you're breaking it down so someone understands, like given an example with, with, yeah. a, with, a, with a particular client, how does it work? Yeah, very simply, most people in the UK are on monthly pay cycles. Yeah. So uh, any worker can have our app and they can see every minute of every day how much they've earned. They have to have earned it, so it depends on where they are in the month. And if they're hourly, we're pulling from their rotor or scheduling software and we're showing them on the app exactly how much they've earned in that given time based on their shifts. If they're salaried, then it's just going to go up every minute of every day but what it is there for is like a financial safety blanket if you like it's there for people if when they have an unplanned expense they're able to pull some of their earned income which is actually held by the employer paid monthly they're able to pull it down earlier if they need to take care of something so instead of going into overdraft or credit card debt or the worst case at the end of a month have to take a payday loan because they're in a financially stressed mm. position then um, they're able to pull some of their earned income and by virtue of that they can never technically go into debt because it's actually owed to them um, and we just reconcile with with their payroll at the end of the month and deduct anything they've taken out. Now, suppose it's got greater um, significance to someone who is paid on an hourly basis. Maybe they've got shifts where their shifts go up and down from any given month and or, or they're earning tips and their, their salary isn't guaranteed at a certain level from month to month. Yeah, well, this is... So we've... You know, initially, this we loved this concept when we first heard about it. And it came. We read an article in the Wall Street Journal. This was sort of last year when Walmart, who's probably the biggest hourly paid employer on earth, had put together a solution with a couple of technology companies to try and get their staff paid. You know, in a in a in a, in a more regular manner on the basis that if you give people better financial health, then you'll retain more staff longer. Mm. We thought this is a great concept. In in a world in the US where everyone gets paid every two weeks, over here in Europe, for some reason. Uh, we've all decided, most companies decide to pay their employees um, every month. 85% of people do. So there's a lot of stress in the system. And, you know, we initially thought, well, this is, you know, if you give someone this access to their earnings, they're more likely, you're more likely to retain them as an employee. And in industries like hospitality and retail that have, you know, 70% of their employees leaving every year that's not bad that's that's some of the good companies mm. uh, we felt this was going to be really important but what we didn't see at the beginning but we've really seen now is this you know if you actually give someone back their financial freedom in terms of they're able to dictate their earnings based on their work they their complete behavior changes with the employee just like you know my son can go and cut the neighbor's lawn and get a 10 pounds for it 
the link he has between work and financial reward is very clear. Mm. You lose that when you go into a monthly pay cycle. But giving the and we've seen this when we've given it back to you know this race has been rolled out with you know as a very well known pizza restaurant. If I did a, if I did a um, shift today and I got tips. Um, I wouldn't get paid my tips till the 31st of October. That happens in a lot of hospitality businesses. But with WageStream, I could access them straight away. Well, I may think, what? wait a minute, I may be a better waiter. I may, um, be, you know, I may try and get more tips next shift. I may even do another shift tomorrow because I want to do something this weekend. So it just changes someone's behavior. And it's that link between work and financial reward that we actually give back, which we, we've seen to be probably the most compelling thing we do at WageStream. So I can 100% understand the link between uh, giving someone that understanding and that control and productivity it might be slightly lazy to, to to worry about it was it was the initial worry that we we had on the podcast when we had yeah. a look at the, at the look at the um, products was should the the business have some level of responsibility to make sure that someone doesn't mismanage their finances and put themselves in a worse position by drawing down their salary in advance D- do you see that happening or actually is the reverse true yeah it's a good question i mean financial wellness is on a lot of companies radars now there's not Many companies don't know what it actually means. Some, yeah. For some, it means financial education. For some, it means debt counselling. For us, this is like a tangible thing you can give people to really help them out. Um, a lot of employees, when we first engaged with them sort of back at the beginning of the year, their concern was, wait a minute, if I give something like this to my staff, they're going to go down the pub and gamble it all away, which is mm. a bit of a paternalistic attitude towards it. But at the end of the day, the, the polar opposite is true. People, you give them their financial freedom back and they tend to act differently um, and become more financially responsible. Um, albeit, you know, we do, it's not, you're not giving someone 100% their earnings. You are mm. trying to get them in a much better financial situation. So whilst the app will show the worker or the employee how much they've earned in a given month, there is a control portal with the employee and they can set the employer and they can set the percentage that they give staff, their staff, normally around 40% of their net income. Right. They're allowed. They can see how many times the month they can do it, how often they can use it, the amount they can draw. We've got companies that are giving 10% of their, their income if you're on probation. You know, it goes up to 40% if you're off probation. All the way down to individual levels, you can set those bars. So there's there's controls in place because this is about financial health. You know, If we know someone's using it twice on a Friday night, for, you know, we'll, we'll give them a 24-hour cooling off period. You're trying, this is for unplanned expenses. It's there if they need it, that when they, you know, they haven't, to, to stop them going to find other onerous forms of capital that if you are a lower paid worker or lower income worker, sometimes the only recourse for you is to go to a payday loan company. Now, no one wants to apply for something that is charging you back 5,000%, but sometimes that's the only choice you have. And if you've got access to something like WageStream, whether it's from us or another provider, then you've got access to something that you don't get into further debt with. It's your money. You're just getting it earlier. And the obvious question that someone might ask you is, where do you make your money? And as I understand it, it's a flat fee of £1.85 yeah, for every That's for every correct. So there's, there's, there's a flat fee of £1.75 every time someone does a withdrawal um, because we're funding that. The important thing is here, if we go to you know a, a, a big, easy restaurant chain who've, who've just launched it or... Or, or key security, we are we are fulfilling that payment for them. We are not um, you're not taking it from their cash flow, so we yep. have to provide them that that money to do to do that. So that's it's, but it's akin to a cash deal. It's like one pound seventy five. We also now there is a service fee that um, employers will pay as well um, on top of that on a monthly basis. Now you are uh, first to market at the minute. Correct. Yeah. So we're the first people to do this over here. We're we're regulated to do it, um, but I think. We believe this is going to become a thing. We, we, we think the more we've got into this, the more we've realised actually the, most, the worst thing you can do with someone is pay them all their money 
every four weeks in one lump sum and then expect them to be financial wizards and budgeting and get through the month on a, on a day-by-day basis. So it will, what we really do is income smoothing or what we call streaming, which just allows you to pull in your earnings when you need them mm. in a way that actually gets you through the month without having you know these mass payments are coming and then so you, you're able to budget better. And of course, the app that we have will evolve to allow people to do that in a much, in a much cleverer way. How does that pressure of being first, but feeling that you will have competition soon, affect the way that you're <laughs> building the business? Because I, I know when we met earlier in the week, you described an example of where you, you, you signed up Durham Cricket Club as, yeah. a, as, a, yeah. as a customer, but then realised maybe it wasn't quite the right customer because yeah, yeah. of the demographic of the staff. Yeah. So h- how is that influencing how you're building no, the I business? No, I think we've, with, you know, we are, it's an enterprise sale, so we're selling into businesses Many businesses, you know, you, so you need credibility and, and you need to give them confidence in what you're doing. And a lot mm. of that comes from being in a position where you are market leader. But being market leader, you need more clients. You need to have most of the clients. Yeah, yeah. So it's that classic sort of conundrum. But I think we've got some great businesses now. We've spent a long time getting them up and running and making sure everything works. So, yeah, it is a, it's, it's quite a land grab sort of thing. We believe this helps everyone. So we want to get as many people as possible. Mm. We know that... Um, you know, down the line, there's going to be a lot more com- competitors. And so there should be. It's a great opportunity and a, a way to change the way people are paid. We just want to establish ourselves as market leader. Um, and that that's that's it, it, that's a reality, but it's also a perception that if you phone up an HR director of a FTSE 100 company and you're one of our competitors and they say, oh, you're doing what WageStream's doing, then you're effectively a market leader. Yeah. So that's how you measure those things. But it, it does mean, yeah, there's there's pressure on us to as a business to say, look, let's let's make sure we're doing this in the most ethical way, the best way, and, and getting in front of people. And we think that's how that's how you do it. I think we like to sit on a pedestal and say, look, we're not loaning or providing any form of credit. We are here to not least give better financial health to UK workers, but also give a kick to pay their loans on the way through. Well, who, who, can't, who can fold that? <laughs> now, um, funding for a startup is often a real headache. Yeah. And obviously, as we mentioned, you got two cash injections or two, two injections of funding from very well-known giants yeah. in the tech industry. How, how did that come about? Because that must be interesting for other founders to hear how you built those relationships yeah, I think, you got in front no, of No, it's a good question. So we, the principal investor with, with Behind Waystream is QED, um, that myself and, and Portman both have a mutual acquaintance there. So it was great that, that, that they came on board early. That's really been helpful. And we've just been very lucky. We, I think the concept sells itself, quite frankly. Um, I think it's a great thing for people to invest in. I guess we're we're older and maybe people think we're wiser. That's not always necessarily the case, but it helps as well because I've had multiple businesses, so has Portman. So that sort of probably helped us get in the door in some of those places, if I was being honest. But that's an interesting um, message, right? Because people often think of startups and emerging tech as being kind of young entrepreneurs yeah. who are kind of hungry and fresh out of school or university yeah. but like you say yeah those, we're, those we're still we're still hungry but i think no sorry we, yeah, you we, know we, what we, I mean. no no exactly <laughs> what you mean so no no i think that's helped but also i think when anyone's doing an investment round um if you get a lot of interest you yeah. get a lot more interest um and i think if you you know if you it's very difficult as as a entrepreneur to pretend like to to fake the fact that you are struggling for investment as opposed to having some interested parties and i think mm. and the people that do that very well is not I'm, I'm not good at it at all but if you've got if you've if you've really got some great interested parties and some great backers that like you know like qed like village like ascension you know like Firestart, and they they've come on board then they just give you a big bigger halo that helps yeah. you you know get through everyone else i guess and everyone else becomes much more interested Um, We've certainly got a lot of interest in what we're doing. I think people see quite quickly that this is going to be a big thing. 
um, a big industry. Whether or not we're a market leader is up to us to determine as, as the founding sort of members of the team. But I think people see this as something that is actually going to change how people get paid because nothing has really changed in payroll since payroll yep. began. Um, certainly not to the benefit of the employee, I should say. Uh, you know, a, pay, a monthly pay cycle benefits the employer from a cost perspective and they hold on to the cash. It's never benefited the worker. I don't think there was a national, you know, referendum on when we should get paid. And if there was, I can pretty much guarantee it wouldn't be monthly. Now, <laughs> absolutely you're hungry. But say, rewind, say, say, I'm say. I'm just generally hungry because yeah. I eat too much. But yeah. <laughs> well, it is a Friday afternoon. <laughs> uh, say this was your first startup and... Yeah you didn't have that that network of people that you could rely on. What would your advice be to someone in that situation? No, I think, would look, it be I, to get a chairman on board who's done it? Or? I think that helps. I think, um, I mean, I've had my, you know, I remember I, when I was still, you know, a lot, lot greener and you go, you're selling it with, with, with a lot of passion. You have to, I mean, what you're really doing, if someone's going to give you money, they need to be confident. Like mm. a, a client that we sign or, or anything you do in life, someone, you have to give them some enough credibility to believe that their money will be returned mm -hmm. um, in a bigger, bigger bucket than the one they gave you. Um, and that comes from people believing in that you're a person that will work extremely hard, that will totally believe in the project that you're trying to do or the, or the business and, and that you've got that sort of faith. Because at the end of the day, for a, a brand new entrepreneur that's got no track record, then they're putting faith in you to to deliver and that's got to come from you personally yeah um and i, I mean investors uh, you know very astute experience a lot of them and it's less sometimes about the idea and more about the individual yeah and if you're someone that that you know you it doesn't matter where how you come across or how you articulate things but if you're passionate about what you do and you can show a real commitment to it and you're going to do nothing else but this um then that that says a lot if you're trying to do eight things and oh, i'll do this on the side give me some money you know that suddenly that doesn't help you i don't think how many staff is Waystream currently? Uh, we're just under 20. Now, yeah. you've, you've built businesses from one person through to 350 yeah, yeah. and sold it successfully. Yeah. So you've been through that scale-up mode. Yeah. A lot of people query when's the right time for a founder to step back and let other people kind of take over. What, what do you think is the success to yeah. founders understanding how to scale their business, how to step back, what the right time? Well, I think are. in number, you know, no, the best thing about the team we've got now, they're great. And like, again, you know, having a bit more experience, you're able to pull in people you've worked with before, so you trust them. Mm. Um, no one wants people problems in a startup. Like the worst thing you can have is, is, is human issues when, with, you know, with personality clashes or issues because that can hurt a small company more than anything else. So, um, and, and adding more people just increases the risk of human issues. So I'd much rather have an Instagram type business that, that is very, you know, very successful and valuable but exists on 17 people. Alas, I think we probably, we probably need more. Um, but, if in, t in terms of you know the numbers of people you need for the for the business, I don't think like you just got to you just got to look at it from is it what 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 I mean if everyone's working extremely hard and they can't do any more, then it's probably the right time to add more people. Any business that's that's a, a real value, it means the founder is no longer relevant to that company right. to the to the day to day operation, and the businesses that are um, less valuable are the ones where the founder is instrumental to that business um, and I've had a number of businesses that we've sold and looking back a lot less because one of the people in the business whether they were you know one of the lead engineers or, or the or the techies were just so valuable if they had left the whole business essentially collapsed well it doesn't take long for an M&A team to, to identify that and, and put a value to it and any mm. big business you know you have to, if you if the if the founder can can leave for four weeks and money's still coming in that's a much more valuable business for everyone because it means it can be 
grown without them. Um, so I think a founder's job, not at this stage, because it's, it's ridiculous to think that, but the, the people should always be thinking, how can I you know, not be valuable anymore? And that's because you've been very good at delegating, getting the right people in, and mm. you're not micromat. you know, you are becoming, you know, you, you, should be, you should not have to be there every day. Um, I mean, the first stage in a startup is, you know, if, you, if you're sleeping at night and your business is making money, well, you've, you've got to goal one. <laughs> the second stage is get the hell out <laughs> and, and make sure. And then do what, you know, or, or be very valuable in different ways. But, you know, as much as Steve Jobs was the, the huge influence on Apple, it's not do, done too badly, although he'll always have massive legacy there. Yeah, yeah, um, same with Bill Gates. You know, they, those businesses were valuable anyway. Um, albeit they had very strong needs. So I think that's that's the way you look at it. Um, anyone that thinks they should have all their fingers in every pie when the business is 200 people, then you've, you have you probably won't even get to that stage if you think like that. Look, Peter, you, you've shared some really interesting insight. It's Friday afternoon, so I will not keep you any longer. <laughs> but thank you very much for your time and, and, and no sharing worries. some thoughts with us. Great to meet you again. Now, as far as I'm concerned, any company that wants to end the payday poverty cycle yeah. is a positive. Absolutely. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but when I was at university, I got caught in a payday loan cycle. I, I have I have used payday loan companies post university. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it was yeah. a terrible idea. But yeah. at the time, living in London in, in particular, um, that 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 um, scenario that Peter describes, where you have an unexpected expense. What is it? You're only ever three steps away from being on the streets. Is that true? Yeah, it's something. Yeah. That, it takes only three three yeah. things to happen in your life. Yeah, to suddenly find yourself homeless. Yeah, um, and and a company that is addressing some element of that is the epitome of mm. tech for good. I really like the fact that, uh, and Peter stresses this: you're spending. You know, when you're using Waystream, you're spending money you've earned. Yeah. you're not borrowing money. This is your money that you've currently earned in that working month or fortnight, and it's you know it comes out of your end of the uh, comes out your pay packet at the end of the month but yeah. you know this you don't have to pay a five thousand percent interest on that you know you pay one pound 75 yeah which is you know tiny um and i, th I think they're um it doesn't mention it in the interview but i'm pretty sure that their uh their service level um agreement for want of a better word or kpi rather yep. is that the the transfer takes four seconds wow so it's not something where you have to kind of faff about and it's you know if there really is that oh Christ, I need this money, mm. you should be able to get hold of it very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And it does beg us belief why any company that cares about their people wouldn't want to. Well, no, but I, I can understand. I mean, he talks about the fact that companies, that initial fear is, are oh, they going to gamble it away in the pub? And I can understand because that was our initial reaction yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, Okay? We looked at that article and thought, hang on a minute, should companies be abdicating yeah. the responsibility to their staff when we don't know whether or not they're going to just find themselves in, a, in an even deeper spiral of debt. But as Peter points out here, actually the stats show that if you give someone control, um, they learn or they, they certainly take more responsibility. And there's, there was also the point, and I don't know if he's using machine learning to figure this out or if there's some poor soul on a Friday night checking it, but you know, he will freeze and they will freeze an account if you've got you know, two transactions out on a Friday night. They give you a twenty-four yep. hour cooling off period, which is you know you can see that situation happening. I bought a couple of pints. I'm still out. It's now my round again. I need to get more money. And That's, using it for something that's yeah, not intended yeah, for. Exactly, and you know that will. I don't know if the, what the technology behind that is, but blocking that is massive. Yeah, because that is you know 
humans on the whole will take advantage of. And we're not talking about people being able to draw down on 100% of their salary in advance. Absolutely not. It's great that there's a dashboard where the employer has a control yeah. of X percentage. Yeah. And, and as you said, you know, it's as, as they earn. But I love the, the, the um, analogy he gives, you know, of some, you know, the young boy cutting grass, getting money uh, directly for that. Yeah. And it's a really good point around tips. You know, yeah. if you're in a hospitality role, that's going to help retention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that whole piece was really interesting to me that this actually plays into your company's retention policy. You know, mm. if you're looking after them and giving them the financial freedom, freedom? freedom that they want, <laughs> you know, you're more likely to have a happy staff and happy staff don't leave. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, on, on more of the... the um, the leadership front from, from a tech company. I, I love this analogy Some here. great insight. Yeah. Oh, what's the analogy that you Well, made? it was just like if you ring up someone and they go, oh, you're doing what Wainstream are doing, that's how you know you're a market leader. Yes. I love that. I thought, that's like when you say, um, I, I need a Hoover. No, you yes. want a vacuum cleaner. But because Hoover was the initial brand that did it, it's synonymous with that service product, whatever. We often have people on the show who um, are, let's say they're... At, the, the, the formative stages of their entrepreneurial journey. Yep. Maybe they're on their first or second startup, but they'd still be, you'd still imagine them as that kind of typical entrepreneur, mm. startup founder, quite Ed Reed young. Springs to yeah, mind, yeah. right? Yeah. Pete is not old. No. He's not. And no. he's got great energy. And I, I, I massively enjoyed the conversation. Um, but he's not 20 to 30, 35. Right. Right. Um, and I love that you've got someone who really has great credibility because they've done it before sitting there and saying it is less about the idea it is more about the individual mm -hmm. if you're going to get investment and this guy this guy has got investment from <laughs> the very two of the three most iconic men in tech right yeah, exactly <laughs> and Steve Jobs might have bought into it if he was still alive yes you know no. who knows um, but him reiterating that message about less about the idea, more about the individual. Yeah. You've got to be credible. And, and when you're greener, maybe you're just working with passion, but there's got to be that credibility underpinning everything. That's a really important message for people to hear. But also very valuable that it is down to you. Yeah, yeah. You know. I love that, you it's, know. It's possible for you to be the one that really convinces people. A founder's job is not to have his finger in every pie, his or her finger in every pie, not to be there every day looking over people's shoulders. You empower your people and yeah. you will succeed. Yeah, day-to-day -day ops. You shouldn't be involved in day-to-day -day ops. Yeah. The founder should no longer have any value there. Yeah. Um, that makes a business more valuable. You can't be reliant on one person. Um, and when everyone is maxed, that's when you hire. You know, yep. we often talk about growth. Some really sage words around how you grow businesses and yeah. why you grow businesses. He even says, you know, I'd rather probably go with the Instagram model. Yeah. But yeah. when you get to the point everyone's maxed, that's when you do yeah. need extra people. Um, and I love the point that, you know, uh, one of the most harmful things to a startup can be human clashes. Yeah. You know, and if yeah. you add people um, in a... In a illogical way just because you feel that you need to grow yeah. that can actually cause you more problems than you need yeah it's it, it's crazily obvious how you know human human problems can get in the way of growth at a startup and it's it's not something I've really considered because no. you think of a startup you think everyone's on the same page going to the same common goal and everyone talks about growth yeah. and we talk about how do you yeah. grow and we never question well hang on a minute should growth be human growth is, is yeah. that the right thing we just go oh you've got to grow yeah I mean, is it reactive? Is it proactive? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. Yeah. You know, you, you hire when you need to hire. You don't hire for the sake of it. So whether that's pro or reactive, I'm not sure. But, you know. I also love this point around the founder's job. Yeah. Um, you know, how can I not be valuable? First, first goal, 
Am I sleeping and is the company making money? <laughs> yeah. And if, if, if that's then the case, your next goal should be get the hell out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when he, when he first brought up Apple, I thought, well, Steve Jobs was so instrumental. But he's like, yeah, but Apple post-Jobs hasn't done badly, has it? Still all right. And people might, might say that, that Tim is not as innovative, but they are the world's biggest company yep. and they are still growing. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, look, some great insight. And it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a great, from a societal point of view, I think when we're in an era of food banks mm-hmm. and people not having a huge amount of money and generation rent, something that's tackling payday poverty, something that's questioning a fairly um, antique system yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, he says that if you, had a, if you had a poll now, everyone would rather get paid bi-monthly. Makes total sense. total sense. And I never really thought about that, to be perfectly honest. Why but, can't it change? Yeah. Well, we don't want it to change because we want Waystream to succeed. <laughs> Look, uh, Pete, thank you very, very, very much for coming onto the show and talking to us. Really, really valuable. Uh, it is now time for a short advert break, and afterwards we will be back with the news. Hi folks, Dave here. I wanted to let you know that we've teamed up with audible.co.uk and we're offering you a free audiobook. All you have to do is register for a one month free trial to claim your free audiobook, of which there are over 250,000 to choose from. It's a 30 day free trial. It means you can choose a free audiobook, which is yours to keep whether or not you decide to cancel that trial period or not. Free piece of advice, if you're gonna try an audiobook, go for Bill Bryson's A Walk in the Woods. Anyway, Sign up at www.audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks. Back to the show. Welcome back to Tech Talks. It is time for Thursday's edition of the news. in the news today we are taking an article that was originally published on the 18th of October by Rachel McGrath 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 Glenn McGrath I'm not doing very well on pronunciation today am I yeah that's right okay Uh, M-C-G-R-A-T-H McGrath McGrath, Glenn McGrath. No, McGrath wasn't. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's in it's in our post. Um, eBay takes aim at Amazon with lawsuit over poaching sellers. Mm. Uh, so, just to paraphrase a few key bits of this article for you, two internet giants uh, look set to do battle after eBay filed a lawsuit against Amazon in the US, claiming representatives from the retail breached its user agreement while trying to poach sellers. Uh, what has been suggested is that Amazon staff have created eBay accounts, messaged sellers in a bid to convince them to start selling on Amazon instead, and moving those conversations to phone as quickly as they can so it's harder to spot. So this is basically migration of platforms. You know, Amazon wouldn't... And users, let's yeah, face it. Yeah. Uh, we all know that what, what matters to these people more than anything, yeah. these people being the tech giants, yeah. data and users. User migration to their platform and... I mean, who has read the user agreement on any website? I'll be perfectly honest. When we first read this, I was like, is, is this criminal? I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. Is, there, is there anything wrong with going on there and going, well, let's use a different platform? But I suppose it probably I've is. Talked, I've talked about this before. It's that South Park episode where you don't read your user agreement when you buy a new iPad and you end up in a human centipede. It's, it's, it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a grim episode of South Park, but it's hilarious, you know. And, and 
not, these Amazon people did not read their user agreements. They probably thought, we're being really savvy here. We're stealing from eBay, our, one of our largest competitors. But they could... I mean, is a lawsuit going to stop them doing it? Probably not. You know what I think is quite interesting, though? I would have imagined this would have been the other way around. Okay. eBay, with the greatest will in the world, are trying to rebrand yeah. and find a niche in the market. Yeah. Because Amazon is so... Um, ubiquitous now yeah. with all different forms of e-commerce marketplace yeah. you would imagine it's eBay trying every yeah. trick on, under the sun to try and get users back off Amazon it's just... not Amazon <laughs> obliterating being brutal yeah yeah. because yeah. if you ask kids about eBay now they probably you know if I was to ask a 16 year old do you use eBay pro- probably not well eBay for, for me it's kind of gone full circle in the originally it was just for sort of buying vintagey stuff from well, other it was the first pe- platform that was yeah, there right other human beings you know you're buying stuff that you can't find in shops and things like yeah. that then they went to this online marketplace and now it's like everyone I know that uses eBay does it for you know the old football shirt that they want to buy or something like exactly that exactly the example I was going to give or, exactly. ga- or games yeah or games yeah. I, I have a, a SNES yeah. and the only place I can find SNES games is eBay if you check Facebook Marketplace no all business goes down on Facebook Marketplace yeah but we're not massive fans of pushing Facebook generally. no we're not but on it <laughs> Facebook Marketplace is a good one. But again, that just shows that these other platforms have taken eBay's idea and made it more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, eBay is still a huge marketplace. The, the article points out that it has over 170 yeah. million active buyers using the platform. Uh, 2017, sales on the total site, nearly $90 billion. It's that growth, though. That It doesn't mention if it's growth or not. What's quite confusing is the article says nearly $90 billion or £167 million. Pounds. I think... I don't think our economy is that bad. Yeah. The exchange rate. I mean, the exchange rate is terrible. I can tell you that from being in America. No, no, recently, but, 60, but wouldn't sixty-seven million and ninety billion dollars suggest that, that our economy is really strong? It used to be that we we're almost one to two to the dollar. Yeah, but that's a hell of a lot of dollars for not very many pounds. That's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, they need to yeah, put a yeah, one yeah. in front of that number, I think, or a zero at the end. Anyway, I, I think that they need to check that. But um, either way, it's. A massive marketplace, ninety billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, no, it's probably it doesn't get close to Amazon's online sales. No, of course. Anyway, not. what's interesting here is it's a legal battle between two Goliaths, right? You remember Samsung and Apple's big legal battle? Sam, yeah, uh, Apple I, delivered I, them I think, like a million dollars worth of coppers, didn't I, I, they? I think this is more interesting than um, say Samsung and Apple going over a technology patent for yeah. a phone because phones are all. Much, much of a much, muchness. Yeah. There's an article out there at the minute about LG sticking five cameras on a phone because why not? Well, why not? And you're just kind of like, well, they've all got similar tech. Yeah. But, you know, it, a lot of it comes now down to which platform are you, are you more familiar with? Which, yeah. Where are your movies? Where are your photos? What's it's easy to migrate to yeah. rather than necessarily the technical spec of the phone, for God's sake. I agree. Or, or the, the um, chip inside it. Yeah. Um, but when we think of users on platforms and nefarious activities... We tend to think actually of Russia and trolls and state-sponsored <laughs> activities, not a company going, well, let's create some user accounts and try and nick them off each other. It's kind of like industrial sabotage. It's weird. It is odd. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's life, man. Like, I think maybe, maybe eBay are just trying to halt Amazon on some regard here because I don't think any kind of litigation against them will stop them doing this unless they totally rewrite the rules yeah um which regulation have got enough to worry about well, let's be fair let's 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 be fair at the end of the day what will regulate this best than anything else 
is whether or not you decide to buy your retro football shirt yep. on Amazon or eBay. Yeah, I'm not buying it from classicfootballshirts.com because they're ridiculously expensive. But there you go. Us- yeah. Users will regulate because they will choose one platform or the other regardless. I think we need to do a follow-up pop on this and when this, law- when this lawsuit's done, we can then see what way the companies are going. I would imagine... Well, actually, no. I was going to Amazon say, will I, get a slap on the wrist. I would imagine that the lawsuit would back eBay yeah. in some way, but then Amazon have got such deep pockets that I don't know, they'll lawyer it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, look, that brings us to the end of Thursday's show. Hey, we didn't mention last night. We didn't mention last night because it's Wednesday. <laughs> and it, it, that would be gazing into the future. But Pete Briffitt from yeah. Wadestream is going to be on the panel with us this evening, being Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. So he was fantastic last night, just re-emphasizing we what know. a wonderful guest he is yeah, on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stay tuned. Monday, we've got a bit of a mashup. We are reporting from Insurance 3.0, which we attended uh, about a month ago. 